The Truck and Driver podcast is sponsored by Snap Account, the all-in-one payment solution for truck parking, washing, tolls and more. Hello and welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. And I'm Paul O'Callaghan from uh, Sunny County Offley. Isn't it just? Finally, we're recording this on the last day in May and finally it's actually a nice sunny day. It was uh, 23 degrees outside just there when I was mucking about with the cars outside. I can't believe it after all this time. So good. (laughs) I was doing a bit bit similar. I was out washing washing the the cars as well and it's just reading about 20 degrees here now. So um, yeah, it's good. I always seem to do things the wrong way around and end up doing computer stuff on on probably the best days weather we've had all year, but uh, (laughs) that's the way it is. Ah, so you've been but you've been pretty busy uh, driving. I mean, you've been driving all sorts of stuff. Our last trucking driver, yeah, uh, team trucking driver update that I've just sent to press um, yesterday has got you in the three different manual scanners you've driven. The sort of would you would you call them a classic shape now? How do you refer to them? Like the R, if you say I've been driving an R series, there's the next gen, which isn't really the next yeah. gen anymore, is it? It's now, ah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know about all the next gen. Talk. Well, they're not, they're five years old now, so it's it, yeah, exactly. You know, and they're still putting these stickers on the trucks. But I suppose it, if you said to me a classic, that would be probably a top line from possibly this, maybe all four up until the end of the uh, the end of that. We'll say we call them the old generations uh, in 2017, maybe. Uh, I've been trying to work out what kind of phrase I want to standardise on in the magazine, like classic shape R series or something. Not yeah, quite. That's, a good, that's a good point. Put it on Facebook and see what people uh, say. But, uh, it's funny, when I was in New Zealand, the uh, the editor uh, of New Zealand Trucking Magazine was talking about the Scania NTG. Was, what does NTG stand for? And he thought, new truck generation. I thought that, actually, that one was actually quite good. New truck. Mm. Maybe you want to come up with uh, something like uh, OTG, uh, old truck generation. Well, you know with the... the <laughs> definitely, you know with the uh, definitely not old school. But well, you know with the Volvos, how they're, often, they're all referred to as version 1, version 2, version 3, and so on. I said, to, I, yeah, I, 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 I asked say. Volvo how that came about, and they said, that's nothing to do with us. We don't refer to our trucks in that manner. That's just that's, that's right. just how it's evolved, um, yeah. like, socially. But it's quite simple. It, 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 it does works quite well, well yeah. because everyone knows... Yeah, and I'm not sure if, I presume we should call, I think it'd be fair to call the new ones version 5 because the other one has been out since 14. Yep, that's what yeah, that's... Eight years, eight years, probably time for another another uh, model designation, um, even if it is a makey-uppy one, but I think it works quite yes. well. Actually, I was parked beside one, I was in a version 4 for the past couple of weeks, and I was parked beside what we call a version 5 on a loading bay, and I got out to take a, take a picture, and it was only... Took me a little while actually to realise that it actually I didn't notice that it was a version five, so it was a white coloured truck, and unless it's a dark coloured truck, I think um, you'd be kind of uh, the headlights are kind of disguised. Yeah, that L shape, light of the, mm-hmm. the glass. Yeah, so uh, just yeah, they haven't really changed very much uh, externally or or internally a whole lot either. So it's um, still you know after after seven or eight years they're. Uh, they're still very similar yeah, to the other one, one, which is in one way is, is not bad because it keeps the old the older ones looking reasonably fresh. I think the more you change them, the more dated the the previous model becomes. So there's kind of foreign against both. Aye, well, there's a fair amount of changes to the inside of them compared to the outside, um, but you don't really notice it once you get into 
well, you'd have to go and spend a bit of time uh, with it to start noticing True. the difference. Yeah. Um, what was fair enough? I didn't, which I which I didn't. I just basically the first thing I did is I know I opened the door, mm-hmm. had a look at the steps, which seemed like a vast improvement. It's actually a bit of grip on them now set up, and I thought, oh, actually, it looks very similar. But like you said, it's only until you spend a bit of time in it. You'll notice there probably is a lot of subtle differences. Uh, so what was it? What was it you were driving anyway? This um, FH. Yeah, you've been so, getting a bit of variety. Um, well, it's basically it's, it's yeah, it's, but it's it's been all Scania's with me for the past couple of months. Basically, since uh, since I came back to Ireland, I've been back over well over about a year now. Yeah, almost a year, and um, I don't really think I've even driven a driven a Volvo in that space of time. I know I had that one in Team Truck and Driver, but that was kind of from a from previous to that but anyway so in uh 2017 fh 500 globetrotter xl dual clutch so i was really excited about driven driving a dual clutch i never got to drive one before and anyone who's driven them speaks highly of them including yourself and even guys who i uh, was in a yard where the result they had virtually all scanners and um, i did a feature on it actually jones transport from dublin i don't know if you remember that one and they had one um dual clutch Volvo and even the guys the, the self-proclaimed uh, Scania uh, fans said that the, the dual clutch was, was something else so um, I, I've been looking forward for ages and finally finally got to drive one and in fairness uh, on top of that it was a really really nice well-spec truck mm. um, like I said XL cab 4x2 coffee maker microwave top spec seats everything in it and all I can say is after a couple of weeks of driving that dual clutch wow what a thing it is <laughs> seriously impressive yeah and actually you had said before i remember one of your uh, one of your reports that you you'd almost take or you consider choosing an fh 540 dual clutch over an fh 16 650 and i remember reading that at the time and i was kind of thinking no surely uh, you know the fh 16 750 would be a lot more desirable but having driven the 540 <clears throat> the dual clutch um over the past few weeks i can kind of see now what what your point is because in in everyday real world environments dual clutch is far more beneficial probably than a huge amount of horsepower and um, and really with these high horsepower trucks like 770 730s 750s you need to be pulling big weight uh, on on big hills to really get the advantage of them and in everyday driving you don't really notice that, that massive horsepower whereas the the ultra quick shifts of a dual clutch you notice all day long, roundabouts, um, coming out of tow boots, um, pulling away from traffic lights. Uh, I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, well, I'm a bit gutted because um, I went to Millbrook. Volvo had run a big event at the um, the test track in Bedfordshire over a couple of weeks. I had loads of customers in to test our truck fleet. And Volvo did, did have a 540 dual clutch on the demo fleet, which I was looking forward to getting my hands on this year. But that was one of the, um, that was one of last year's demonstrators, and obviously with coronavirus, I didn't get to do very much. And somebody from Northern Ireland has gone and bloody bought it, so the five forty dual clutch demo right. is no more. And well, the twenty twenty one Volvo demonstrator fleet is out now, but it doesn't. Oddly enough, it doesn't have a dual clutch on it. Um, they're going really big. Interesting. They're going really big in efficiency. Um, They've got a lot of like the four sixty turbo compound ones. I think that's what I'm going. That's going to be the next uh, tractor unit I get from Volvo and demo because obviously the horsepower output 
isn't that high to look at, but it's got something like it's got a lot of torque. It's got like two thousand seven hundred newton meters from right. like eight hundred and fifty RPM. So they punch really highly for their weight. So I'm, I'm, well, I'm looking forward to getting out in that, but I'm still I'm still sad that I've missed out in that bloody five forty because, as I say, I was looking yeah, like well, to get a week in that. I've <laughs> also got an FH sixteen seven fifty as well, but. Um, I think for the if I've got limited yeah. time in the trucks, I really need to go out and use the use the turbo compounder because that's the one that's more relevant to most of our um, uh, most of the guys that read truck and driver mm-hmm. properly. You're like you're more likely to encounter one of these mm-hmm. with the new technology in it as you are um, a seven fifty. And to be fair, I know I know exactly what a seven fifty is going to do. You know, it's going to be tremendous. It's going to absolutely rocket up the hills. It's going to mm-hmm. not get very good fuel economy. But with that 460, you know, it could be interesting to see the results of that. Here, here's, um, here's a question for you. Um, so the, the turbo compound in, in the 460, does, um, does all that turbo compounding, does it come with, with the iSave yep. package uh, as, as part uh, of it? pushing the iSave. Okay, because, and so it's similarly, does, does an iSave mean that you don't get the normal, um, what we call the classic, Yep, correct. The, yep. the only one that had the gear stick in it that I drove at mm. Millbrook. Um, there was only one. I drove quite a few. I drove an LNG tractor unit, which is for plenty of experience of them. Um, mm. And I drove a tipper, an FMX, which was really impressive, the way that it managed to go up a one in four grade. But all the tractor units, no, they seem to be, for the fleets, they're pushing them away from having the normal I-shift gear lever, which means you get the buttons on the dash. Yeah, which... Neither of us particularly like. like. In the least, (laughs) no. I was talking to a guy. He had a four twenty, I think, with ice uh, globetrotter, pretty pretty fresh one, driving for a big fleet. And he said it had the ice save, and I'm not sure if it was turbo compound, but um, he mentioned that he just had the buttons on the dash, and he was um, I can't remember what he told me. He was in some kind of a situation the other day. He said you can't. There's absolutely no manual override on it at all. And I just thought, no, you know, that's kind of that's just taking it. A bit too far, so it just sounds like it's taken. Um, there is a sweet spot in terms of technology and a little bit of driver control. It doesn't mean you need a, a you naturally need a clutch pedal and um, and a gear stick, but it is nice to have some sort of. So I definitely don't think I'd be I'd be a fan no, of that. It's the way that it's, uh, it's going. It. As much as I would, li- I kind of like to. Yeah, it's the way it's going. But I, I, you know, turbo compound and all that kind of thing. Yeah, great. But uh, just taking that sort of all the, all the control away from you. Definitely not. No, well, I believe fancy, that, but, um, just on the uh, on the. June, I believe yeah. with the iSafe package, you can have the first six gears. It will allow you access manually to them for like low traction situations. But above yeah. six, no, that's controlling it all the time. So you can't preempt it on a hill because basically it is. It's wanting to run as low as like eight hundred and fifty RPM a lot of the time. That's where it's getting that extra bit of fuel, so you don't get to, you know, if you're if you're in a battle going up a hill with somebody, and you think right, you're getting it here, buddy. I'm going into eleventh at the bottom of this hill, and I'm going to drag you up the hill. You can't do it. It'll yeah, just yeah. go no, <laughs> and uh, it's locked out. I mean, you can get it. It's going to be one for the big fleets. Your guys who are buying three or four trucks you know the smaller sort of family run fleets and things i would imagine would still be going for the traditional yeah. uh, and they've redesigned the i shift gear lever as well it's lovely it's such a, a nice bit of design that that new one See that? yeah it looks it looks lovely yeah it looks lovely but um actually when i was out in the so i've been all over ireland in that in that dual clutch 
over the past two weeks just on uh, on curtain side of work so getting lots of variety and um, after when I got into it it kind of underwhelmed me for the when I drove it first because I noticed that it won't uh, seamlessly change if you're basically if you're empty for the first so maybe third to, to about fifth and fifth to seven so when it's block changing two gears it doesn't seem to um to have that that seamless switch mm. or change whereas when it's going kind of one one gear at a time it's just like probably like eighth ninth tenth it's just like race car performance but i noticed then if you if you put it into power mode it'll just you know and especially if you're heavy then it'll, it'll change every gear but uh, acceleration was phenomenal and i got onto waybridge and was well north of 40 tons um so I'd, I'd driven a couple hours to get there and i thought it felt like i was only i thought it was only about 30 maybe 34 tons that kind of uh, so i was talking to the guy who owned the truck and he says oh, yes, she's after being remapped as well <laughs> that kind of that exp- that coupled with the with the, with the dual coach meant it was um it was uh, probably one of the most impressive the most impressive truck i've driven uh, performance wise so i was just wondering actually i wonder how many uh, what percentage of new Volvos that are sold are actually dual clutch? Because it's quite, quite an interesting one. Just again, uh, if you talk to any more big enough fleet operators, I'd say, well, what's the point in, uh, in dual clutch for us? Really, the the ship work quite well, and they're expensive. I'm sure they're if there's two clutches, they must be more expensive to replace the clutches on them. So it kind of seems more like if you're a pretty small fleet or, or an owner driver that it's it's uh, it's the one to have but i wonder how many are uh, sold well, um, percentage wise uh, in terms of overall sales well, volvo have got that many options now as well you can have your standard 460 500 you can have them turbo compounded you can go 540 you can go dual clutch there's mm. the option of lng there mm. which they're now selling um they're starting to get in so quite a few of the bigger fleets in a, in a big way as well because gas is um, very the, the trucks are expensive but the fuel's very affordable so the guys that are double shifting and racking up the miles on the trunk work can stand to save a lot of money with gas um, so I I would imagine like fleet managers, well, I spoke to one of the Volvo guys, mm-hmm. I mean the, the vast vast majority of them are 460, 500 standard tractor units that's what they're that's what they'll go for in the UK. But um, the turbo compound comes into its own in the hills. There's a company called Burkham um, Transport. We had them on the cover of the February issue, one of our Scania's, and they've actually got an FM dual clutch, uh, which works particularly well because they're on the steep hills all the time, so it claws back a bit of fuel economy. Yeah. Um, but also, you need to get your guys. Yeah, that's a fair point, you need yeah. to get your guys to drive them right as well, because I've heard reports of when you get the kind of more urgent guys behind the wheel of a dual clutch because of the way that it accelerates so seamlessly <laughs> they're actually pushing it on harder that's because right, of the yeah, novelty yeah. of it so uh, that's right it, there, there are there, I, I noticed occasions when um, I didn't actually really need to be ex- uh, accelerating as just, fast as I was so <laughs> it, 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 you, you put your foot down you're like Jesus I'm, I actually didn't I, I didn't need to need this much acceleration so it. it was very very <laughs> seldom I actually put it into the power mode and a lot of times you actually have to hold back on the hold back on the throttle but um what was it? So what, what was it originally? A five hundred? Yeah. Originally five hundred, and um, I think it's putting out close to about six hundred. Mm. <laughs> so it's uh, it was quite quite an impressive. I don't have the figures for that, but that's kind of yeah, that's that, that's what I heard. But uh, interestingly, it, it was such a long time since I'd driven a, a Volvo, and it's all about everything is about Scania's here now in Ireland, and they, they, um, they seem to be selling like hotcakes here. The S and um, I just actually got now an S five twenty left up right It's so a rare vehicle, that the entry level V eight. Fantastic. Is that a four by two? Yeah, four by two, uh, nineteen reg, um, S five twenty. 
again uh, nicely spec air all around all the all the facilities inside the cab microwave coffee maker lo lovely truck to drive and um, it was interesting then just to kind of get into the volvo and uh, so the volvo is right hand drive so it kind of for me it's it's when you get used to the left hooker it's quite nice and it took me it probably it was a little bit um i kind of after maybe the first day in the volvo i kind of missed the missed the s i quite liked the quite liked it but after maybe two days i kind of I warmed to the volvo again and um you know both both are fantastic trucks you'd be happy oh, if, well, if you were driving either one of them full time and i think both both have kind of pros and cons and uh i think just for kind of for for irish work on that the um i think the, the volvo just has a little bit of an edge in terms of refinements certainly uh, comfort wise the seats i found in the in the fh it, it had leather seats which I, I don't think were were the top spec seats but my god are they mm. comfortable um probably the handling doesn't really seem to doesn't really seem to sway that much and uh i think i found about the s i don't know if anyone else has noticed that they are an absolute dust trap you're always trying to kind of you have that little air air dust or you're blowing out dust from around the dash flat float the, cabs uh, are bad for that on the floor which i, I it's, um, i'll be interested to see if they do yeah i need but even up on the dash itself yeah uh, it does seem I, I noticed that with the the 770 that i had flat floored cabs in general just i don't know what what it is apart from the obvious bit where you've not got the separation yeah. from the footwell um you do they do seem to be get quite dusty i'll be curious to see if the new daff is a completely flat floor on it which we're going to be um on that's going to be officially unveiled to the world next week but um, I think it was Bob last week had said about the five. Oh, yeah, exciting, Bob had yeah. said like those entry level, like low power V8s, the low power FH16s, they're mostly like sold into like the Italian markets and things where they like to run them on forever because they're unstressed. And so, yes. what was it? What was it like performance wise? Yeah, the I found that interesting. Five twenty, because obviously there's a whole load of thirteen litre ah. engines which have got a fair bit more horsepower. Mm than that big it than that big Scania 16 litre V8 so so yeah I found it I actually found it a bit sluggish to be fair um, I was probably doing about uh, probably the heaviest I was maybe 38 39 tonnes and um, and I did find it a little bit sluggish but look at it I mean I didn't really do a huge mileage in it and uh, you know I, I, it, it wasn't really that that big of an issue to me like I, I was just quite happy to be driving something and mm. um, something that new mm. and, and that plush and it steered nice and straight but it was i did i have to say it was i did find it a little bit sluggish i don't know was it that particular truck or you know are they all like that but um i certainly wouldn't be uh wouldn't be an issue for me if i, if I was driving it every day so what like maybe you're, you're down to a matter of minutes over the over the oh, course right. um the course of the day and so uh i didn't, well, so yeah, what? I didn't, didn't really, uh. Me that much. I've got the opportunity. Well, I've got. I've now got. I'm now at the start of eight solid weeks of bloody office work because I've got two, three week issues of trucking driver. So I'm needing plenty of team trucking driver contributions, please. Um. Oh well, I've just. Um, that's that's what when I said I was doing office work, uh, not office work, laptop work today, and that's what, what I've been doing. And just um, been putting together a little team trucking driver update for you. Just talking about the Volvo and the S520, and actually. Um, just for fans of of the older trucks, I also drove a zero one Scania one four four five thirty tag axle flat roof. So I drove that for a day, and um, I, I kind of had had my fill of of the older models uh, Scania's uh, of late, and I wasn't particularly uh, looking forward to driving it. But uh, again, looks can be deceiving, and it actually turned out to be a cracker. It was uh, 
for a 20 year old truck it, it felt really really tight I think it was only showing something like 840,000 <laughs> on the kilometres it was a right hand drive truck and it had came from I presume it had come from England um, so it's pretty short wheelbase I presume it's 2.9 metre wheelbase but um, like the first thing I get in on and I, the gear shift on the 4 series it's such a short it's a short it's still be a little lever and it's a short short throw I presume because yeah closer connection to the engine so, so that was the first thing uh, I had a retrim steering wheel, retrim seat, uh, Eminox stacks, so I had to, had to, which weren't kind of, they weren't overbearing. They were just nice. So, um, geez, I had a I had a quite enjoyable day, and that just stacks open, heading up in the west of Ireland there, with, with a fridge, and uh, it was it was quite it was it was quite a surprise actually how how nice it was, and I think probably the fact that um, it didn't have a top line cab meant that it didn't have all that weight kind of swinging and dragging you all over the road, so. Um, that was uh, that was it. But having said that, I mean, it's nice to drive these old trucks and drive them maybe for a day or two Aye. or every day in and out driving. Like, give me any 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 of the new trucks. Like, and it's like as as Bob said in his last podcast. You know, people give out about oh the plastics are too light, and there's a, there's a reason for everything nowadays. They have to meet a, a lot of regulations. But um, I think we have such a wide range of. I don't even think there was a, you could say there's a bad truck now. Okay, some might be a little bit kind of uh, over overdeveloped in terms of you know taking away um, a bit of technology from the driver but certainly any of the new trucks I've driven lately like I've been uh, like the DAF uh, Volvo Scania are, are, are such a joy to drive every day and even after a few weeks in that Volvo you, you get out with every evening and you don't feel like uh, you don't feel like you're, you're you know you're, the head is busted off you from noise or, or rattles and um, definitely uh, new, new trucks for everyday driving that's all the way to me Hi. Well, I'm looking forward to, but once I get my, I've got some new trucks to drive. I'm just a bit concerned that the year has just, it's been a crap, boring um, start to the year because of coronavirus and everything like that. My best three weeks that I had were definitely ones when I was out in the truck. I should never have taken a week off last week um, and not driven because I had grand, I had no. grand plans to get stuff done and I got nothing done. And it just wound me up. It just made me feel fed up. And then I felt anxious because I wasn't getting stuff done and, uh, but now I've got the whole of June and the whole of July. I've got two, three-week issues to do. And I've also then got the run-up to Convoy in the park to do as well, which is on the 21st and 22nd of August. So I can't see me being out driving anything until Convoy in the bloody park's out of the way. So that's June, July. That's nearly three months. Um, having said that... So I've got are you still doing, uh, doing a foot? I was just going to ask, are you still doing a, sum a summer issue? Aye, yep, we've got a summer issue. We've got aug It goes August, oh. summer, and then September. And the September issue is 132 pages, and it's got a whole load of giveaway stuff in it. The top prize, you can win 500 quid cash. Um, and you can also win loads of different things from the manufacturers, like everything from pairs of socks to... Um, branded bath towels to cleaning equipment and everything this is going to be a huge issue of the magazine and it's coming right on the back of me doing two three weekers and the convoy in the park program and everything as well and i'm like i, I just want to go and i just want to go and drive so lorries <laughs> yeah i know i know well it, it sounds like when when you have that much kind of a workload eddie with the issue so does it um normally we'd say obviously we have a gap between each month uh, at the moment, so when the summer, when the when so you said it, it goes August, summer, September. So is there does that mean there's there's a two week gap after the August issue? Then you have the, uh, the summer one, and then two weeks later you have the September. Is the that way how that it goes? it's working, it's because 
Um, we share uh, staff with Transport News Scotland who do 12 issues a year. And the way that it works is um, I'll work on the magazine for three or four weeks out of every cycle. Uh, and then the design team will work on it for two weeks out of every cycle. And when you're working with 13 issues a year, what should happen is the months gradually get out of sync. Um, and then you drop your extra, your summer or your Christmas issue in, and it levels things up again. But because the way that it works, because we shared the production team with Transport News, um, what's happened is that we've got two issues of Truck and Driver coming up, which are only on sale for three weeks at a time instead of four weeks. So the August and the summer issues are mm -hmm. three weeks on sale instead of four, which means I've got a week less per issue to put them together. Um, and I, there, without getting into like politics and things, there's no way that I can. There's no way I could avoid it or get around doing this. And then straight off the back of that, I've got an extra thirty-two pages to fill up in the magazine as well. So goodness me, am I ever looking for content for trucking driver? Anybody listening, you want your fleet in the magazine? Uh, providing you're not up in front of the traffic commissioner between now and it being published, you know we'll probably come and photograph your trucks. <laughs> <laughs> We, we, it's, yeah, but because yeah, I, yeah. we've got a lot of um, stuff coming up. I was on a road run on Saturday as well, which was nice. We're putting that in the magazine. Uh, and I found a couple of um, nice trucks in that. A really nice version 2 Volvo FH16 or 610. A rare truck. Found that to go and feature. Oh, lovely. That'll be quite a, quite a rare truck. Now, was, was it a manual or uh, automatic? Because you could get both. I think the 610 was the, was the, was the most powerful Volvo uh, manual. I think it was a, it's, a, it's a 54 plate. You know what? Yeah. I didn't even look. Uh, inside it to check, um, but yeah, there's one for you. I'm surprised at you, Dougie. I thought you'd be right in there uh, looking to see if it was uh, manual. manual it, didn't occur, it didn't occur to me. I would have just assumed probably that it was an I shift I, but being a, a sixteen, yeah. I kind of forget that you. Yeah, quite uh, quite a rare because even on the on the classic circuit, it's all sort of geared toward the version one, and um, version twos are a little bit overlooked. So I think that's that's quite a nice uh, quite a nice one to pick. I know that Way and Sons down down. Um, Further south, they've got a they've got a Globetrotter and they've got a Globetrotter six ten. Pretty sure it is. But just what you were saying there earlier, I, um, I had a bit of a bank when you said it. But do, uh, you were on about uh, the lower powered sixteen liters in uh, markets like Italy, and I definitely have have noticed that um, in Italy in the version say the version threes, you would have seen a lot of uh, version three five forties FH sixteen five forty. So it's quite interesting. You could get a thirteen liter five forty. Or you could get a 16 litre 540 and i always wondered mm -hmm. um you know when, when the guys went in to buy them like how how it was sold to them how they said right okay uh it's the very same brake horsepower but this is the this one suits you better than, than the other one because we we you hardly ever see yeah i only know of about maybe two fh 16 550 uh, version fours in in the whole of ireland so whereas there's plenty of uh, 750s and i'm sure you probably haven't seen that many no, you don't even that, see uh, you don't even see very many six fifties either. That seems to be the, I mean the Scania six fifty mm. took off big time. You know, there's loads of them going about now. But As yeah, the, here, yeah. Uh, the Volvo six fifty equivalent um, less. So it generally seems to be the seven fifty. I don't know if that will change at all. Change at all, perhaps with the with the new one. But yeah, I think it goes. It, it stems back to the days with these Italian guys. They used to be able to run. Well, they would run at heavier weights than the rest of Europe, and they just liked their trucks. They, they wanted to run them forever. So mm. that was the reason that, like the Iveco Eurostar, was built with that yeah. big V eight in it. And Bedford even sold 
some TMs with the mm. 8V92 Detroit in it, which would have been a hell of a machine if we'd got it over here. It would have been 400 horsepower, so it would have been a quick, yeah. like a match for Scania's V8 at the time. It would have done about four miles to the gallon, but, but it even, would have sounded amazing. Mm. <laughs> ah, didn't it didn't really matter back then and actually Sweden is another market where and, uh, and even Norway where I've seen a lot of let's say 540 F816s and 550s even though in, in Sweden they're, they're pulling big weight you'd automatically assume that they'd go for the mm-hmm. they'd go for the, the maximum horsepower but uh, not not necessarily um, just when you were talking about the Eurostar uh, Brandon just sent to me earlier on let me just find it here he sent me a, a picture of Truck Magazine from November 1993, and on the cover we have first group test, um, five-way 520 brake horsepower shoot shootout F816 tackles Eurostar. So I'll send it here um, after. What issue? Have you got that? Have you got that issue? Version. Um, I can. So I'll see who sent it to him. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't have. It's actually one of the one of the ones that I don't have, but well, you might be able. To sounds good though. Because obviously the the version one the version one. Yeah, no, very, very interesting. The, That's the version truck, one has just been launched on the front cover. We have exactly just truck uh, on its own, and it's against. So, when was the Eurostar? I presume the Eurostar. The Eurostar came out, out on the sort of K I ninety three would have been like the sort of K K Reg L Reg and yeah. over here. Yeah. So, so, so there, so there are the two recent ones. We've got the five twenty uh, Eurostar Alto Cab. We've got the FH16 version 1 520. This was pre Globetrotter XL. They only came out in 96, so she's a Globetrotter. So uh, the Alto Cab, obviously, that kind of still towers. That's a very, very early and then one. Kind of yeah. in, very early one, 93. And then lurking in the background, we have, uh, we have uh, Scania 143 top line. Um, no, I wonder was that that could. That's either a 450 or a 500, I'm not sure. We've got the Renault AE 520. And we've got the uh, Mercedes-Benz Eurocab eighteen fifty. So that's that's quite an interesting mm. one. It was, I think it was an interesting time for trucks in 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 ninety three. Obviously, the Magnum had completely thrown the cat, cat amongst the pigeons when it brought out the, the the Magnum. Sorry, Renault when they brought out the Magnum in ninety one. And I think Mercedes-Benz only brought out the Eurocab in about uh, kind of ninety three. It was just kind of as a stopgap measure before the before the Actros. Um, just in terms of uh, cab space, the Scania were still. Going around with that pokey little cab. I'm going to say that's in the photographs that oh, that Magnum will be yeah. towering over the one four three in those pictures. It does, yeah, it does, and and only for you know Mercedes Benz put that Eurocab extension on the top. They they would they'd be it was quite a yeah. small cab. But the Echo, in fairness, the Echo now for some reason they don't have a DAF there. Um, what what year did the super space cab come out? Well before ninety three sort of time. No, no, I'm not sure if it would have been quite out by then. Maybe ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. Stand to be corrected. Maybe someone sh- sh- someone shouting into their. Uh, it's rare that neither of us kind of give a definite de- 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 answer on that. Uh, but um, I think. Yeah, it, it, I think it's about ninety four, ninety five no. that came out. Yeah, I'd be. Yeah, three ninety four. But um, certainly, it was an interesting time, I think, for trucks because um, you know the SK that it was coming sort of towards. Well, not yeah, still had a few years left towards the end of its life. The Magnum was still pretty young. Scania was coming near the end, and uh, so I don't know if I can get a. Nineteen ninety four. I was right. 
94, yes, well I've done. Just, I've just found okay, a daft press good. release because the, the 250,000th super space cab um, was built in February 2020, just before everything. Just Now, am I correct in saying that when it came out initially, it just it was only available in the with the 500 Cummins left hook, or was there a period whereby that's oh, all you, you could get until the, the 430 right-hand drive came uh, I think I, I think I may be, I may be correct in that again open to correction but I do remember there was a guy pulling had a red one he was pulling for curries of Dumfries um, in a magazine back then and he mm. bought a left hooker. I don't, you could only get you know, the Cummins was, but, uh, as a left hand drive. It wasn't available as a right hand drive with the Cummins engine in it. And prior mm. to that's right. Yeah. Prior to the Super Space Cab coming along. Um, Daft probably lost quite a few sales on the basis that Sid and Atkinson would supply the Strato with the cab tech cab on it with the Cummins 14 litre in it. But so that was available for Sid and Atkinson. What, what, was a, what power was that? Um, I think uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the, Sid did go to 525. I don't know if they did it that early on. They did it, no. they did it later mm-hmm. on with the Iveco Eurostar cab when it was called the Strato Cruiser, you could have that with a 525 on it, but whether or not there's any, whether or not there's any survivors, because it must have been about 1993, it must have been where Sed and Atkinson stopped using the, the DAF style cab tech cab, and then it got changed over to the, the Iveco cab. But said never did a super space cab. No, they Back they to... never did the super space cab. By the no. time that came along, they'd moved there on was... to the Euros, the the Eurotech and Eurostar cabs. There was a there was a guy down somewhere. I think yeah, he did blocks or something like that. He was somewhere down around maybe kind of Derbyshire, Stoke and Trent, and he had um he had a Sednax and Stratocruiser super space, which he had obviously recabbed mm. or. And his his name now eludes me. We had this had a. I think that was quite a famous <laughs> a bit, truck, that uh, wasn't it? That was in. It was, yeah. It was something about 007 on it. Again, name name escapes me. It'll it'll probably I'll wake up middle of the night and it'll it'll be just like a light bulb going off in my head. But um, yeah, quite quite interesting. Anyway, so that was that was 1993. And what month um, was that a truck? That was November 1993. Well, I will have that, so that would be a good one for us to go and return to our mm. episodes while reading it an old indeed. magazine. I mean, I can scan all the interesting pages out at, um, on Microsoft Lens and send you them if you can't find that particular issue. Yeah, is well, your, your mate sent it? Has he got it? Or is it just a random he is, picture? He has, but now I've noticed it's been screenshot and another guy has sent it to him, so you know what? I'll, probably nah, sorry, I can scan them properly, yeah. isn't it? If you want a tip... If you need to scan magazine pages, folks, what? don't take a photo using your camera phone. Download an app called Microsoft Lens, and it's fantastic. You get so, you get so no, much no, no, better no. a picture if you're scanning stuff for putting it online. And that's what I use on my phone all the time. No, I'll dig that issue out because we've not done one of not done nice. not done one of those for a while. And obviously, there's a lot of pages. I won't have to do the whole thing. There's a load of pages in it that we just kind of skim over anyway. I'll just get get all the juicy stuff. Like that five way, five way test. Very good. Yeah, we haven't we haven't done one done one in a while, so I think maybe we should. Uh, yeah, line up and do one of them next time. Eh? Should give it a. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's kind of about all the uh, truck related or uh, news I have for you for the moment. So I'm getting back in the um back in the in the dual clutch Volvo tomorrow for another um. Uh, Few days around working good. around Ireland. Good stuff. So uh, I'd actually tell you, t- 
tell you an interesting one. You know the way people actually, I'm not really that fond of every day. Is, every day is a school day as an expression, but um, definitely, I'm sure you'll agree with me when I say that uh, you're you're always kind of learning, learning stuff all the time. You know, and uh, what, what I learned last week was um, so a mega trailer. Okay, I hooked into Mega Schmidt's. So it's got those little ninety and a half inch wheels with four three five with uh, tires. Oh, like a decker. And uh, and a brought like a double deck trailer. Thing. Do you have that? Do you use them? No, no. So it's basically so it's it, it, it's a Euroliner Dougie on Euroliner and right. smaller smaller fat wheels. It's it's a so basically Euro spec trailer. And you know you'll see these you'll see trucks with um, low height fit wheels and sixty profile tires. And yeah. That stuff. So basically just to get the maximum mm-hmm. volume in the trailer. So I have the the Volvo which is running normal. She's a four by two, but you know running eighty profile tires, whatever three one five eighties in the back. Um, normal height fifth wheel so hooked up to the trailer brought it home it was empty and as i walked out the next morning to it i was kind of looking at it and i was thinking i i presumed you know naturally it was normal because it's a trailer it's a european trailer it's it's, it's shipped in from you know denmark and runs all over the mm-hmm. continent and uh, i presumed it's, it's it's a standard four meter high trailer but i was looking at it as i was walking up to it and thinking hmm it looks a bit high so what i what i'd uh, discovered once i made a few phone calls is that um you can adjust you can raise the roof on these trailers Right. So, what you yeah, you pull the curtains back, and um, there's a there's a basically a, a rams in each of the four corners, which you can raise by just pumping a little handle. Obviously, you have to have this, the curtain straps undone. It uh, it raises the roof, and um, which I kind of know about, but I, I didn't know that you could go around with the roof uh, permanently raised, and the curtains have a little bit of an extension on them. So anyway, long story short, uh, the guy I was talking to, the guy. Pulls those trailers all the time. And says, ah, yeah, you're probably running about four point five uh, <laughs> meters high, which I didn't, I wasn't aware of at all, you know. And uh, I was thinking, Gee, that's kind of that's handy. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly, that's handy to know. And I, and I did go underneath a four point five meter bridge up in um, up in up in County uh, West Common. So I had just kind of dropped the. I was aware of it. I, I dropped the air down and, uh, and and kept an eye on it. So uh, was it when I got to where I was. Where I was unloading, I was talking to a guy. He had a he had a Scania PCAB. He was loading them. Um, he was loading agricultural slurry tanks, which were going to be galvanized. Dip, but I just got chatting to him, and I was I was telling him, and he lucky enough he got a he had a measuring tape. We got it out, and it was four point four meters high. So you know when when we're looking at lads who hit bridges and thinking, ah, oh, they're silly, such and such, and you know how does he not know it? Um, I can kind of easily see how how it would happen with with a trailer like that that you would presume it didn't look kind of over height but the, it was actually running it was running about 400 mil higher at the front Doug, mm. than the rear because we measured the it's, rear uh, as well so it's so what what how it was explained to me after this these trailers are set up if you're if you have a mega height tractor mm. you have no problem even with the roof up with the roof extended you'll still be running at, at four meters but hook it up to um a truck like i had and uh, you could be in for some problems and um fairly sure that not long before I picked it up that someone had I'd come a proper with one but uh, it just I'm it kind of shows how easily uh, stuff can happen I can, you know, uh, if you're, yeah it doesn't it doesn't take kind of a dummy to, to get caught with something like that so I was uh, that was that was basically what I learned um, that there's a watch if you have a mega trailer and uh, you know the, the roof could be I think you can lift the roof down there's this a way that it kind of um, there's slots in the side of it you need to go around and mm-hmm. I, I needed it at that height for for what I was loading anyway so um, there's one for you oh, I, well, I mean I'd put a post on the trucking driver page uh, last week week before last it was oh, basically yeah, seen that. I mean some poor guy had an absolute nightmare managed to get his lorry wedged on a bridge um, don't know how he's, he's done it 
Was that down around Yeah, Devon somewhere, or, or, it was somewhere or, quite or far south, basically. Yeah. And he's like not taking anywhere near us a wide enough, wide enough cut and got the thing absolutely wedged. I mean, it's a horrendous thing to have happened. You know, nobody's been injured, but it's caused an awful lot of incon- inconvenience and things. But the guy who owned the hotel nearby had taken the driver in um, and like kept him there yeah. and kind of shielded him, uh, like kept him safe because the guy's, I mean, fair enough, he's, he's messed up mm. big time. Um, but that's the thing. people the, like the viciousness of the comments and things, you know, the anger and things. It was like yeah. a, a lynch mob gathering, and it's like, yeah, th- when somebody's done something like this, you know, they are going to be punished for it. They'll have it hanging over their head for months. And if something like that's just happened to you in a lorry, if you've had an accident, you've got something stuck, or you've done something bad, you're having the worst day of your life, you know. Uh, and it was just yeah. the guy was apparently in like absolute bits about it and everything and I mean it could have happened like yeah. it, you know it was early in the morning they might have been tired and they might have been a bit lost mm. and all of a sudden he's realised that he's not taking the swing that he needs to, to get round to round very very, very stuff, to, stuff can happen in, in, in the blink uh, of an to, eye uh, to anybody at any sort of sort of time you know it's um, but the, the, the thing now is to immediately kind of you know um the uh, Facebook keyboard warriors all go out and everything and give you their verdict on uh, on all that. Oh, yeah, it was great, course. but that wasn't <laughs> just that wasn't just lorry yeah. drivers and things. You know, it's like uh, it, the comments that come from like you know, it's like um, like housewives and things that are just posted on. They're like you know, death penalty, you know, stuff like this. It's like it's just oh, it's, yeah. it's just as you know. <laughs> You know, I think we should bring back capital nah. punishment. You know, this man should be spending the next twenty years in jail. It's like, God, he's blocked a bridge yeah, for a few uh, hours. He's made a terrible mistake. Fuck. Every, human nature is everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. And, um, and made the point of saying all never, has never made a mistake uh, would be uh, definitely... Uh, I, can't, I ended up saying, you know, like, BK. It did get quite a good reaction. It got quite a lot of shares, that post. I was a bit dubious about writing it yeah. and put, yeah, putting it up. But it's, just, it's, it's, the, it's just a problem of, you know, modern-day mobile phones, uh, social media, everyone kind of sharing stuff around and feel like they need to go to uh, I noticed ask. the police this week were having, they'd, there was a scene of an accident and they were recording people at the accident because uh, there were people driving past with their phones like oh look here's, a, here's an accident mm. so I'll record it on my phone to post it online and the police mm. were videoing the people doing that so they've got their registration details and they're, they're now going to get a letter in the post and three points and a fine for it and quite you know bloody right <laughs> you shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I did mention in one of the previous podcasts as well about the driver shortage and saying how bad it was, and quite a few people got in touch with us about it. Um, and apparently yeah. it, it's, it is actually getting really bad in certain parts of the world. Um, up in Scotland, I know someone who's got three very nice dafts sitting parked up, got no drivers for them. Norfolk's apparently one of the worst places in the country because it was so heavily reliant on drivers from the EU um, and they, they mm. don't have that um, pool of drivers to access so much anymore. But the thing that it comes down to still is, well, you're going to have to put the wages up and a lot of these big companies, what they don't understand as well is when they've got these like plain white tractor units that are, you know, they're full of telematics that are watching you like a spy in the cab all the time. Um, is that, why did you press the brakes hard there? Why did you do this and do that? And I mean, they need to think as well, you know, that they need to make the job more enjoyable, perhaps, 
uh, instead of like exactly. instead of um, analysing the driver down to the finest degree just because they can mm-hmm. why don't you analyse everybody in the office you know it's like don't you think, uh, although just on that just uh, I, just uh, when I was uh, working in Australia I noticed that over in Australia it's quite common to have a, a camera recording you in the cab so which I haven't seen over here yet and, some and of the aggregate companies do it but, um yeah, I wouldn't. wouldn't no, I wouldn't have having that. Sorry, that'd be a big no-no for me. And um, you know, they have. I know, like a lot of the big fleets over there, they have. Uh, there's a, some sort of a, a sensor in it. So if your eyes are taken off the, if you oh. look down, your eyes are taken off the road ahead. It sends a, it sends a, a buzzer up through the seat, and it's like, come on, you know, that's kind of that, that goes against them. Um, having a camera actually looking no, at the cab goes like. against the, the, the reason why I want to drive a truck in the first place. I'm not so having I'm, that. Not while I'm belting. We're we are we not gone that far yet in Europe, but uh, look at uh, the more things like that. I mean, they want to bring in. Fair then enough, you want but, uh, there's a driver. It's uh, hard enough to get drivers. There's a driver today. shortage, yeah, and you want to go yeah. and do things like that. No, it wouldn't be for me. Mm. Like I say, some of the big aggregate well, companies I'd, do do it in the UK, but I, say, I wouldn't. But I don't care. You could put cameras down the left hand, right side, out the front, out the back of the truck, watching everyone that's yeah, going on. I, I want to be trusted to drive the thing, and I don't want to. Um, yeah. I don't want to end recording uh, me, thanks very much. Um, You know, because I like to have a good sing song when I'm driving along and I like to bite my nails and, you know, pick your nose and scratch yourself. And (laughs) And even what they'll tell you is like, what they'll tell you is um, a lot of it's it's not real time recording. It's um, so it records on a a loop. We said they have a little black box on the and then if there is an accident, then they want to look up. But it's still, I I find it's still not. I don't believe that. I've seen it with. um, well, there was there was a, um, a foreign driver who'd driven, and they, they had like minutes and minutes of him video in, and he's like pissing about on his phone, and he's rummaging for stuff, and he's not paying attention at all, and eventually rams up the back of a car. Mm. Um, mm. But I mean, the camera didn't um, di- didn't stop him doing that. He still went and did it anyway. Uh, That's right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. we should be seeing the wages be going going up just shortly. Then if the, the driver shortage um, is actually- bad. As it's being made out to be, then we're going to have to start seeing the wages go up. That's the only way to go about it. Mm, I've seen, I've seen, um, I saw there was one going around lately, a kind of a WhatsApp thing about a company up in North North of Ireland. So they were they were on Sterling, and um, it had it was basically a, a letter to, to the driver saying um, that they were given a wage increase. And I think it was going up to, let's say, 140 sterling per day and thanking the driver for his uh, for his good service and hoping that uh, they'd continue to offer a good uh, level of service and, and dedication in the future in line with the with the wage increase. So 140 a day in sterling, I think, in, in euros, that, that, that could be up to something like 140 that. 140 quid a day. Well, I mean, it, it depends what you're... It depends what you're doing. Every time that yeah, there's wages true. posted for a job quite, online, there's a load of drivers, mm. people post up saying, wouldn't get out of bed for that, you know. Oh, I wouldn't, everybody's on like mega bucks. Well, fair depends what you're yeah. doing. 140 quid a day. If, if you're doing a 10-hour day, it's £14 yeah. pound an hour. You know, that's... Yeah, it all, it all, it all depends. But um, I've had... Uh, yeah, so... I've had a couple of texts, but I've got a, had a call and a text today about two different two different trips out to uh, both both French trips out to the out to the continent, which I have to decline on. So um, mm. I think uh, it's kind of more or less money wise. It's in Ireland you, you make you make the same as for working at home as as you do for for going out in the continent. So it uh, mm. kind of depends what you're 
what you're after, you know, and probably a little bit easier on the continent and you now with, with long ferries and that. But um, I quite enjoy working around. I think once once the sun is shining in mm. Ireland and around this time of year, there's kind of nowhere else really where you'd rather be. And I'm sure you'd probably say the same about, about Scotland. When it is. It's tremendous on Saturday to put in that road run in the mm. sunshine and it's mm. lovely today and it's probably going to be beautiful now going forward when I'm stuck in a bloody yeah. office for the next three months. The, sacrif- yeah, the sacrifices I, look, I make I, for I, this I'll, magazine, I'll tell you. Sacrifices. <laughs> well, I tell you what, though, you can uh, you can live vicariously through my through my team talking driver updates. I will. So, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So that yeah, that just about that, that concludes yep, everything. I'm, I think that uh, pretty much wraps it up. Thanks very a, much um, for that. For, so going for a barbecue. Oh, you're going yeah. for a barbecue. Lucky you. I need to go and um. Get barbecue. Um, uh, what was I going to do? Um, Wash the car, I think that'll probably just about do. And then, how many how many cars do you have actually have um, at your house? One four at the house plus a recovery truck. Um, <laughs> I'm needing to get rid of. I've got a Vectra that's got a running fault that I can't solve, and I was right. just. I've bought a fuel t- pressure yeah. test kit, and it's doing all the fuel pressures are right on it. It just seems to be telling me it's not quite running properly, and I'm losing. I'm about at my wits end with it, so. Um, I just need to keep uh, keep going and persevering with that. My YouTube channel's still on hiatus at the moment, you know, just till I get the motivation yeah. and the kind of overall well-being to put myself back out there because so many people want to engage with me about it, um, which is a good thing. Normally oh, it would be, cool. but, you know, mm. it's, uh, I have a lot yeah, of stuff well. on at the moment. So I'll probably just go and wash the car and have some dinner and then ah, enjoy the rest of the sunshine. Well... We'll go and do that, I'm sure we'll talk again some stage in the future. Yep, I'll dig out that um, magazine, that truck from November 1993, and we'll see if we get that in the bag next. Perfect. All right, cool. Good right, stuff. take care. Cheers. Sound, Dougie. Thank, Thank you. Sir. All the Bye-bye. best. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.